Welcome to the Tony Gaskin Show, best-selling author, celebrity life coach, and international speaker. The purpose of this show is to bring you motivation, inspiration, and education in the areas of life, love, and business. Thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. Hey, hey, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Talks with Tony. Got a question in today, and it says, Hey, Tony, last year at the age of 22, I met a guy at my job who was in a relationship. When I seen him for the first time, I knew I was automatically attracted to him. For this reason, I stayed away. Some weeks go by and I started to see him more and more. After a while, he would come into my office at work and converse with me. We still work in the same environment, with different positions and titles. I rarely see him, though, due to he's in a different department than me. Anyway, we exchanged conversation, but weirdly enough, he never brought up his relationship like most men who are in a relationship should do. Make a long story short, he befriended me on Instagram. When I looked on his IG page, there was not one picture of his girlfriend, which I thought was strange because I heard around the job that he had been in a relationship for over four years. This is the part where I curse myself over. I knew he was in a relationship prior to his IG request. Even still, when he inboxed me on Instagram, I gave in and gave him my number. My first encounter with him was a FaceTime call he initiated, and I was very surprised how open he was with me to his life. Even after knowing all this, I entertained him. I gave him my body while he was still in a relationship. After two months of us claiming our friendship, he breaks up with his girlfriend of four years, telling me that they were not compatible and that she was insecure, not confident, and very needy. I cannot lie, Tony. After he told me he ended their relationship, there was a sense of relief. I began to feel myself get cocky. I thought that after him meeting me, that I had finally met my husband. Crazy, right? Well, it all came crashing down. Even more, when I asked him if we could become an item, he sent me this long text message saying that he was still in love with his ex and he's not ready for a relationship just yet. I took that just yet and stayed dumb and in love with someone for an entire year. After the loss of his grandma, he started treating me different. Calls and texts became less frequent, but I did not pressure him with a ton of calls. I remained composed and waited after a week to reach out. I did this a lot throughout our friendship. It was a situationship. I know that now. Him and I went from talking every single day, going out to eat, and planning careers and investing in stocks until one day on New Year's, I found out, I find out via Snapchat that he was bringing the New Year, bringing in the New Year with his ex-girlfriend, which I found out a month later that he had gotten back in a relationship with her. Since this tragedy, I have came to the realization that who I confess my love to was a fraud. 
and that I became a fraud with him when I laid down with him while he was in a relationship. I am still healing. Every day the pain that I once felt for him lessens. I know that was only through God's work. Since then, I have recommitted myself to my Lord and Savior and also committed myself to a life of celibacy until marriage. My question, what is some sound advice you think I should implement into my life after this rejection slash revelation? I never desired kids nor marriage. But after this situation, I realized that I so desperately want God to bless me with abundance of respect, love, admiration, and the gift to share it with someone when God sees fit. Signed at 23, signed a 23-year-old who made a huge mistake, breaking soul ties, brokenhearted, and remorseful of my behavior. I see myself. Hey, great email. Um, it sounds like everything has come full circle and you know, you are in need of some sound advice. I can say, and it kind of goes without saying, that we don't take a class on love. And this guy was so attractive to you that you kind of lost your senses and you, your intuition was drowned out. I didn't know, well, I guess I kind of knew, um... That, that somebody could be that attractive. I, it happens the other way around, too, with guys all the time. When guys meet a woman who is that attractive, they kind of lose their senses. You obviously are a looker yourself because either that or he could tell by the way you looked at him when he came into your office that you thought he was very handsome or maybe another woman who wanted him but was afraid to tell him that she wanted him told him that, you think he's cute, so I don't know. But somehow he got the vibe that you had eyes for him, and that's why he started conversing with you and then connected with you on Instagram and then sent you a message. And see, this is how men can read things. We, we can read it. And if he's attractive, he's seen the eyes. He's seen the look enough. Even the women who try to stay away, as you say, you tried to stay away. He's seen it enough that when he knows, he knew, he knew that you thought he's attractive. He knows that he's attractive. Most attractive men always have a woman, some type of relationship. A woman is just trying to hold, just trying to hold her down until he gets all his cheating out of the way. And he, because he feels that someday he's magically going to be over the desire of having sex with other women. And then this woman who has been his hold me down woman will become his wife when he's old and decrepit. And what I mean by that is when he's 32, 35, you know, and feels like he's done with the game, then he'll marry her. And a lot of guys do that. A lot of guys do it. Some guys marry before 30. But a lot of guys are waiting today. And so you set yourself up. You played yourself. You played yourself bad. I mean, you played yourself so bad. And a woman who has been in the shoes of his girlfriend would say, that's what you get. 
and would probably be very happy that your heart was broken and that you were used and abused because you knew he had a girlfriend every step of the way and you still made the choices. And so that is what you have to do right now is sit in your mess. Sit in your mess. Look yourself in the mirror and say, I am better than this. I am smarter than this. I am stronger than this. I am wiser than this. I have more class than to be the other woman. And now you vow to be, you know, to remain abstinent until marriage. And that's a huge step. That's a huge commitment. Um, What the devil meant for evil, God is turning into good. This guy came into your life and was the devil in the flesh and sidetracked you, had you in a backslidden state. But fortunately, it has pushed you closer to God. So take that and know that the next test will be greater. It will be greater. It will be much more thought out. And what the adversary's goal is, is to allow us to feel confident and comfortable in our walk with God. And then he ups the ante so high and he sets us up and he reels us in and he moves slow and then boom, he hits us. He tempts us and his goal is to make the temptation so great and so new and so different that we fall for it because we never saw it coming. And then his hope is that we will live in guilt, that we will live in guilt, we will live in sorrow and fear and that we will derail the blessings for our life because God cannot bless mess. He can help you come out of your mess, but he cannot dump blessings into your mess. You have to come from out among them. You know, you have to change. You have to turn over a new leaf. You have to repent, meaning turn away from the sin, and then you can receive your blessings. But if God was to dump blessings right in the midst of you in fornication, it would be reinforcing your fornication and there would be no need to change. If you got the job of your dreams, if you're making the money of your dreams, the car of your dreams, the house of your dreams, and you're in fornication, why change? You will say, I'm blessed. You will say, God knows my heart and he's blessing me anyways. No, it's not how it works. A lot of times the devil will move out the roadblocks. He will move the roadblocks out of the way. And spiritually, because you spoke these things into existence and it's a universal law, you will attract some things into your life that feel and resemble blessings, but really it's just a snare because they get you complacent. And then when you feel like you have it all, everything is snatched from you and you lose it all. And that's always the setup of the enemy. So now you have to realize that you've been spared, that you did something very, very dumb, it was very immature. It was out of character, I hope. And now you got to move forward. You know, you got to move forward. And I will tell you, he's with his girlfriend for four years. She's a hold-me-down woman. He says she's insecure and all of those things. And it's like, duh, you're cheating on her. You're having sex with other women. Of course she's going to be insecure. Of course she's not going to be confident. 
You made her that way with the way that you're cheating. He never broke up with her. They took a break. He never broke up with her. He told you that so that you would get cocky, so that you would get comfortable, so that you would have more sex with him without any inhibition. And then when he realized, okay, boom, it's done. It's whack. I'm over it. You know, I've had my fun. Now let me reintroduce my girlfriend who I actually never left. And they probably just were on a break if you saw an increase in your phone time with him or how often you could see him. If you didn't see an increase in your phone time or how often you could see him, then he definitely never left her. If he did, then it was just for a break, just to get you comfortable so he could kind of have his fun with you. And then when you pose the question, like, can we be an item? He's like, no. And this is a thing to to ladies. To be honest with you, if you get to the point that you have to ask a guy, what are we? You're nothing. If you have to ask a guy, does he love you? He doesn't. Like, when a man wants you, you will know it. You will know it. Because I, I was watching some zebras at, at, the, at the zoo the other day. And this male zebra was chasing this woman around, chasing this woman around, just in circles, circles. And, and he yelling at her, too. You know, the zebra running, she just running, doo, 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 doo. she running, she hollering, ah, ah. And he, hey, come here, hey, come here. And that's what it sounded like they were doing it in their zebra voice. And it's like, ah, ah. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And she just kept running. She would not stop. He caught up to her. He was bigger than her, faster than her. He caught up to her. He hopped up on her back, you know, and tried to get him a couple strokes. She pulled away, and he just couldn't get him none. I'm like, man, like this, you know, this zebra could talk. He would definitely be on Twitter in the Me Too movement because this is really wrong what this guy's doing. And he, after she, after he couldn't get her, he started chasing the other little female, but it was like a younger it was a young one because I could tell it was, um, she was much smaller. And the younger one let him catch her. Like, she ran a little bit, but then she slowed down. She did that run like, oh, let me run like I don't like you. And then she stopped and like, okay, come on. And so he kind of caught her, but then she still kind of pulled away. Or maybe he realized like, okay, she too young or something. But he let her go. And I was like, this is like men. Like, this is like men. I mean, my wife was watching this animal show. That was at the zoo. We were really there. We was watching this animal, animal show, and it was like the sea otters. And one of the sea otters, one of the tricks he does is he will steal the woman's baby and run off with it so that she has to come after him to get her baby so that he can go and eat her food that she had. And... I was like, wow. And then we watched one with monkeys. The male, the king, if a woman has had kids, he will kill the kids so that she has to have sex with him and have his kids. So what the women do is go and flirt with him. When they have their kids, they go and flirt with the new king and make him think that they're hot and in season, and then give him some so that he thinks that he's just made it with her so that he won't kill her babies. 
I'm like, this is crazy. This was on Netflix. And, but this is our, this is how it is in real life, just in a different way. And so what's happening in these relationships is guys will tell you anything to get you in that bed and get you in the bed. And then now you wonder, what are you? And he's like, nothing. Bye. So listen to me, ladies. Listen to me, ladies. Listen to me. Y'all have tried it your way. You keep getting on your back and you keep being left single. Close your legs. Close your legs. If a hundred guys have to walk off on you, then so be it. Let a hundred walk. The one for you will stay. And the one for you, just because he's waiting for sex, you still have to pay attention to everything else. So he might be waiting for sex, but if he's controlling, if he's jealous, if he's insecure, then you, then you still got to walk away from him, even though he's willing to wait for sex. Because I've seen women make a man wait until marriage. The man marries them, gets what he's been wanting, flips the script, and the woman has to divorce him in less than a year or two. But I'd rather you go through that because even in that, you still are pleasing in the sight of God. You still didn't step outside of what you know. You still, you kept yourself. So you received a reward for that. And what he put you through, now he has to deal with the wrath of the God, of God, because touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. If a man comes in your life and his whole soul goal is to get between your legs and you say, I'm not ready for sex. You don't have to tell a man that you are abstaining until marriage. All you got to do is say, no, I'm not ready for sex. And then after a few months, he'll be like, wow, man, you still ain't ready? After a year, you still ain't ready? But by this time now, he's been trying, 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 trying. He's falling in love. Now he's fell in love. So now he gets on one knee and he gets engaged. He comes on to you again. You still ain't ready? You're like, man, so we not going to have sex? What, you waiting until marriage? You say, no, I, I'm just not ready. I don't know when I'm waiting un until. Well, when will you be ready? Well, I don't know that. Well, what if we got married? So you saying if we got married, we still not going to have sex? Well, of course we're going to have sex when we married because I know I'm yours then. And it's a sin in the Bible for a woman or a man to deny their spouse their body because that's all you got is one another. So the Bible tells you that you cannot deny your husband or your wife that the man, that the woman's body belongs to the man and the man's body belongs to the woman and that you cannot withhold your body from your spouse. And so, of course, Oh, so you're waiting until marriage. I didn't say that. Well, what do you mean you didn't say that? Well, the Bible said we can't make a hair on our head, black or white. We can't grow an inch or decrease an inch. So we can never make a promise. That, that is why we should not make promises because we don't control tomorrow. I could get weak and fall into sex tonight. But I'll, as of right now, I know I'm not ready. 
and see what's happening. And I'm going to tell you, it sounds like deception, but truthfully, it's the truth because you don't know. Because a lot of women say, I'm, I'm celibate, and then you be on your back. And then and then you repent because you're like, man, I, I, was, I was celibate. Man, I lasted two years. Man, I lasted four years. Truth was is you didn't know what you were. You just were holding out on the strength that you had. So you got to renew your mind daily. You got to renew your strength daily. And so by you telling this man, I don't know when I'm going to be ready. I just know I'm not ready now. And so guess what? He has to keep working and keep working and keep working with no end in sight because there should be no end in sight because the goal is marriage. And, and with marriage, it's until death does us part. So the longer a man has to wait and work, the more he falls in love. The sooner you give it to him, the quicker he falls out of love. So it is of the essence that a man has to work for your heart and to wait for your sex. And you don't have to tell him your game plan. You don't have, that's between you and God, what you're doing. All you got to do is say, no, I'm not ready for that. And you just got to stop him. And then you, if you don't want to do those things, you can't put yourself in that situation. So you're not spending the night. You're not laying in the bed together. You're not at an apartment at midnight. If you know, you're not French kissing and rubbing and doing all the touching. It stop at a, a, a nice, wet peck on the lips. That's pretty much where it stops. And so what you're asking is the hardest thing in the world to do because you're going to put yourself in a hot oven and then say, don't burn me and or don't cook me. And that's what, that's what we're doing in relationships. So you got to also create boundaries in your next relationship moving forward. No house visits past 8 p.m. You date and you court. And guess what? What's going to happen is marriage is going to be sped up. When a man knows, he knows. I married my wife in 10 months. Now, we had already been intimate, and when I showed my, my true color, she left me. So she charged it to the game and said, look, I made a stupid mistake. I laid down with this man before I really knew him well enough, and he flipped the script on me. She, she charged it to the game, and she moved on with her life. But when I got her back, I knew, like, this is my wife. This is one that I let get away. I can't let her get away again. I married her in 10 months. And when I was 22 years old, I turned 23. We were getting married three weeks after that. So I got married at 23 years old in a few weeks. I was that young. When a man knows, he knows. When a man knows, he knows. So guess what? He doesn't have to date you five years. He knows from the first in-depth, real conversation and quality time that he spends with you if you have the potential to be his wife. He knows it. And if he doesn't know it all the way right then, by the end of year one, he knows. But truthfully, by the end of the first 30 days, most men who get married, they say, I knew she was the one. Most, most men, I would say at least 80%. I knew she was the one. Some guys, it took a little longer, which, which is understandable. But I know, I know, I knew immediately. First real conversation we had was six hours long, sitting outside on the bench. I got up and said, that's my wife. And so many guys I talked to say the same thing. 
So understand this. If you are abstaining from sex, what it's going to do, if this is your man, it's going to move that wedding date up a whole lot closer. It might be six months out. It might be a year out. It's going to be a whole lot closer because he's trying to move that finish line up. He's trying to move it up because he falls in love because you remove the sex. So now he has to make love to your mind instead of making love to your body. And when you make love to the mind, you really build chemistry and you really build on a firm foundation of friendship, communication, honesty, trust, understanding, and sex is not clouding your judgment. So therefore, you know what you have and this is your best friend and you love this person as a person. And now sex becomes a plus in marriage instead of a priority. It is a plus, not a priority because your core if you had a stroke and you were no no longer able to have sex because you built on friendship, you can still be best friends and make that marriage work. Hey, this is Tony Gaskins. If you have a question for me, please send it in to inbox at TonyGaskins.com, inbox at TonyGaskins.com. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope to talk to you soon.